You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And we have a special guest here with us today, Sam Knickerbocker, uh, who helps senior loan officers and branch managers who maxed out their 401ks, IRAs, and don't really know what to do with their money. So uh, he found a few solutions by offering predictable ways to protect from down markets while earning optimal returns. And uh, he's joining here with us today. He's also the host of the Fuel Your Legacy podcast, uh, where he teaches foundational habits, mindsets, and behaviors essential to create a legacy that lasts. So we want to learn more about what those are and why specifically he targets uh, loan officers. That's a very interesting uh, topic that I haven't heard many people uh, target that archetype. So looking forward to hearing more about it. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on. I'm excited. Um, listen to a few episodes and I love, I love what you guys are doing. So wanted to be able to share some expertise. Sure. So tell us about what you're all about and, and why loan officers and because typically it could be anybody who wants to, you know, achieve financial independence, but why do you specifically focus on loan officers? Sure. Yeah. Great question. So um, it kind of goes down to understanding who Sam is. To, to understand why I choose people. I want to work with people like me. And, and when I say that, the me that I'm working with is always evolving, right? So um, I am somebody who's typically very, very direct. Um, most, some people at first, in fact, I'm going to start a new section on my podcast just for my clients. And it's fascinating as I've been recording these to hear what people say like, oh, this is what I thought of you initially. And then after I work with you, this is kind of my experience. Um, I come across very, very abrupt, rude, crass, uh, I've got a, and I've got a warped or, or dirty sense of humor. I don't know, whatever you think it is. I think it's funny. So I, I don't know if it's dirty or not, but it's funny. Um, so not everybody is like really on board with who I am and people who don't like that type of direct upfront blunt, almost rude, but it's not rude. It's just right, right to the point, almost like Trumpian. You could almost say Trump. Trump is like the most extreme example of this type of communication. I think I'm not that, I'm not that brash, but um, because that's who I like to be, that's where I feel like I'm in my, my strongest self. Then um, I want to find people who are okay with that, that aren't going to be offended, aren't going to turn tail and run because somebody offended them or told them something they don't like. And there's a lot of people who make a lot of money in, in this world, right? There's no, like, I don't personally believe that money's hard to make. Um, I was having a conversation with a health insurance advisor and she's like, why am I uh, not making more money? I was like, look, because you're just not doing the work. There's people on YouTube who get paid to, to, to show videos of them eating food. There's people who dress up as animals and there's kids who play with toys and they're all making millions of dollars a year through ad spend um, because they're willing to put themselves up on a social platform and look like idiots. And so like the, the reality is the reason you're not making money is because you just aren't willing. You have too much of an ego. You're too lazy. You aren't doing the work. That's why, that's why they just printed $7 trillion, almost more than they printed in the last 75 years. Okay. Like when you put in perspective of that, our, 
our country just printed more money in a matter of months and they're planning on doing more, especially with where the presidency is going. Um, there will be more money printed. I, I'm nearly certain of that. And that's more than they've done in the last 75 years. Like if you're sitting there saying money's too hard to get, they just doubled the money supply. Okay. Just like put in perspective there. Money's not difficult to make. Now, if you choose to not do anything for it, then that's going to be a problem. And loan officers tend to understand that. Even a low-performing loan officer, um, and when I say low-performing, don't take offense to this if you're like below this number, but if you're closing four loans a month, you're like a low-performing loan officer in this environment because more people are refinancing and it's just really busy. Even probably in real estate, if you're an owner of real estate, and you've got, and you're in a buy and hold strategy, what would be the benefit of refinancing right now versus dealing with your loan you got four, four years ago? Talk about like maximizing your profit. You're like, hey, I need to increase, let's say you've got 10 properties and each property is cash flowing $500 right now. And you want to increase your bottom line, increase your revenue by 30%, right? The simplest thing you can do right now is go refinance, lower your, your payment by 200 bucks. Now you're making $700 a month. You just increased your overall portfolio revenue, your income by 30%. I mean, this is crazy what's going on in the market right now. So this is why loan officers, even a, a, somebody who just got started, licensed two months ago, is probably closing four loans a month if they're doing any type of marketing or outreach or telling people what they do. The other thing that comes with a loan officer is a very... Um, deliberate mindset. So most loan officers are not people who are going to sit and think about something over a long period of time. They aren't going to deliberate and be like, oh, I want to see all the numbers. They're somebody who they're making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year. The most that they can put into their 401ks and IRAs based on 2020 numbers is about 31,000. That's if they're maxing out their 401k 19.5 and putting in 6,000 for each um, their like 6,000 for themselves, 6,000 for their spouse. So about 13,1, sorry, $31,500 max that they can put into these deferred uh, retirement strategies. And then what? Then they're sitting there. I have clients sitting there with an extra 20 to $30,000 a month that they don't know what to do with. And many of these clients, they've already done the real estate game. They've got 20 or 30 real estate properties. It's not like they aren't in real estate. They just like they're done building their real estate portfolio. And then what do you do with all the extra money? And that's a very unique position. And I want to work with people who don't think about things too much, not because um, I like I can't lay it out in detail for you, but because I would rather work with a professional who trusts me in my industry and I trust them in their industry. That makes sense. Absolutely. And so that, that's really why I chose loan officers is the personality type their, their, their current influx of income. Um, and then also just really, um, they're fa they're fast at moving. I mean, they just make decisions faster than the average person on, on average, right? There's obviously loan officers out there who are like engineers and they take forever to make a decision. Um, but most are, are somebody who's just going to make a decision quick. It's either for me or it's not. And I move on rather than sit there and string somebody along for a long time. I mean, that's the worst thing in a real estate transaction if you're like well i think i want it i think i don't want it i think i want it it's like dude just make a decision let's get it or not <laughs> move on to the next transaction so um yeah that, that's why I, I love working with loan officers um and and specifically right now they're in a good position um to really benefit from my help which is also meaningful sure so what are, what are some of the instruments um obviously 
you know, we talk a lot about multifamily real estate on our show uh, that are on the top of minds of the loan officers you mentioned, you know, loan officers that we're talking about real estate loan officers, correct? So, um, and, yeah. and if it could be commercial loan officers as well, though, it doesn't matter. Sure. Commercial business, commercial real estate, regular residential real estate, either doesn't matter, but I tend to agree with you because if you're, if there's an opportunity that is of the similar asset class to what they're used to dealing with all day, especially when it's real estate, we talk about, and it looks like a good deal, they're able to make a decision pretty quickly because they're also used to the, being in the field already. Um, right. And there's not much of, a, of, of second guessing. Of course, there's always second guessing, um, but there's not as much as, as you would expect. Um, so what are, I guess, some of the strategies you have? Um, I know you talk about like the smart way to create wealth. What does that um, entail? Yeah, so so that that's actually a little bit separated off. So that's the smart way to create a legacy. And okay. uh, but let's talk about that just beginning. A lot of people who are in real estate, um, they, I would say, the majority of the people that I meet and that are actually crushing it in real estate right now, specifically multifamily, they are not doing it for their own personal family income, right? They are their mindset is very Robert Kiyosaki um, or. Uh, you could even say, well, the Rockefellers do like Garrett Gunderson. They're, they're, they're very legacy focused. They're thinking of building a real estate empire and putting it all through trust so that they can pass that on to multi-generational. They aren't thinking, oh, I'm going to build up this empire at 65. I'm going to liquidate it all, get out of real estate, and then just live on what I have left. Like That's not the general perspective of somebody in real estate, from my perspective, not somebody who's killing it. Now, if you've got two or three rentals, maybe, but if you're like really chasing multifamily and you want to have a thriving real estate empire, it's about legacy at that point. And we have to start thinking about not just the, the decisions we're making right now, how are they impacting us and our family directly, but how are they impacting multiple generations down the road? And that's an often spot where a lot of real estate uh, people who are getting into real estate, they overlook that completely. I've had clients come into my office and, and you, you may laugh at this. I don't know. I laugh at it um, respectfully. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to put anybody down, but they come in and they've got five to 10 properties and they're like 80 to 90% paid off. And they are all owned by the individual's own security, uh, social security number. Like they are not separated off. There's no protection, no legal protection. Like it is just crazy. And you're like, who's coaching you on real estate in there? Nobody. We just had money and we heard real estate's a good place to go. I'm like, oh my Atlanta. So this is like one thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax over taxation that they are unaware of. The litigation risk is uh, uh, unparalleled really. I mean, it's just crazy, the litigation risk, but also it's like, what is that? How's that going to transfer to the family later on? And so that's one of the things that um, we focus on with the legacy and the smart way to build a legacy um, is starting with intention. And it's the same way with your money. The ask, the question is, well, what do I want this to turn into? There's no one right place for somebody to put their money or one wrong place to put their money. The question is, what do you want to be the outcome of the money you're placing there? And so smart goals really starts with or I'm re I've rebranded it a smart legacy. And one is it's got to be sexy. So when somebody hears your idea, when somebody hears about the empire you're building, uh, the multi-units you're buying, the loans you're writing, like 
is, is the reason that you're doing it so sexy that we want to all go work with you, right? Is the reason that you're a loan officer, is the reason that you're buying multifamily so sexy that somebody chooses to go and uh, help get your, your, um, your input or your investment knowledge over somebody else? So is it sexy enough that it holds people's attention? It's like a, a girl walking down the street, you can't not look, um, male or female, doesn't matter, it's just such a beautiful human that you can't not look. Second is, is it massive enough, right? If you just set a small goal that you can accomplish by yourself, you don't have to tell anybody about it. In fact, nobody even wants to join you because they don't see that there's a place to fit in your vision. And so your goals have to be so massive that you cannot, you can't even fathom how you could do it yourself. You have to have other people because that creates a necessity to engross other people and convert other people to your, your legacy, which is really how you're going to be remembered is if other people know what you're doing. So that's the, the massive, the M. Second is audacious. Again, I'm going to go back to, to President Trump, but I could use um, really any of the SpaceX people, like the people exploring space right now. And there's multiple companies. Bezos is exploring, um, Gates is exploring, and uh, Tesla. Well, why does everybody know about Tesla versus the other ones? Because Tesla is like, I'm going to put a car and have it orbit the Earth. Why? because I can, right? And so um, the audaciousness of it is what separates your, your crowd to, hey, some people, are, you're going to create some haters or some people who at least think you're doing it for the wrong motivation. And you're going to create some avid, ardent supporters. And you need both. You need both to create a legacy. You need somebody to draw up the contrast of what you're doing and what you're not doing. And so it has to be audacious. It has to be remarkable. My, my, my wish would be that everybody listens to this podcast not my, not my episode, but the actual podcast regularly um, so that they can be talking about what you're creating, right? Like, is it remarkable? Are people going to go tell their friends about your podcast? And if so, great. If not, why? Okay. Or your, or your real estate investment and what you're trying to create. And then lastly is transparency. So the smart goals are sexy, massive, audacious, remarkable, and then transparency. You could have all these other ones, but if you don't tell a single soul about what you're going to accomplish, it all, goes to, it all goes to crap. So nothing works. So transparency, uh, that's the smart way to build wealth and to build a legacy. Um, and people think, oh, well, if I tell everybody how much money I'm making, then people are going to start taking shots at me. They absolutely will. Like you're not even making really real money until you've been sued or, or threatened to be blackmailed. I would say you're not even making money yet until that happens. <laughs> so, so just, just be confident that you, you haven't reached the big leagues until, until somebody's taking shots at you and that's okay. I mean, you, you want that type of controversy because it just earns yourself more and more money. The more controversy you have, the bigger you get, the more space you occupy, occupy in somebody's mind, the more successful your businesses are going to be. And ultimately your legacy is going to last. It's very, very true. And a lot of different, um, metaphors and, and uh, resemblances to some of the people you, you mentioned, some b- big names, and they, they got there for a reason, right? So um, makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, so talk to us a little bit. Talk to us about your podcast, Feel Your Legacy, as we're talking about podcasts right now. Yeah, so no, fantastic. So my dream was um, a lot. So I've read, I don't know if you guys have read or, or if you do regularly, but I read at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, the book Think and Grow Rich. And the, the premise of the Think and Grow Rich book is Andrew Carnegie um, goes and talks to Napoleon Hill. Well, I think more importantly, Napoleon Hill went and asked Andrew Carnegie, how did you become successful or what was going on? 
And Andrew Carnegie says, hey, you know what you should do over the next 20 years, go and interview the most successful people you can think of. And I'll actually make these introductions. Like I know the top 0.0001% of the world financially. So I will actually let make these introductions so you can go interview all of these people and find out and write about what the secret to their success was. And so that's the premise of the Think and Grow Rich book. So I had a similar dream. I was like, look, if I want to go talk to these people, if I go ask them for an hour of their coaching and mentorship, guess what I'm going to pay? Somebody's making two, three, four, five million dollars a year. Easily an hour of their time costs 10 grand. Like, and I've, I've spent that to get an hour of somebody's time. So like, I know it's not unreasonable, but the moment you say, okay, well, I could either pay them money or I could give them something that is of the value of 10 grand, right? Maybe it's not $10,000, but it's the value of $10,000. See, the, the, the contrast is most people think money is only the only currency. Really, money is a form of monetary currency or monetary exchange of value, but there's also a lot of non-monetary exchange of value that's just as, just as or more valuable than money itself for these people. And so that was kind of the birth of this Fuel Your Legacy show. So I invite on not just multimillionaires, although most of them are. Sometimes I had one lady on, she was the, and I don't know if you're from Utah or maybe heard of this, but there's a religion called the Fundamental LDS Religion. Well, that one of my guests a few weeks ago, her name's Brielle Decker. They're going to make a movie about her. Anyway, it's crazy. She was the 67th wife of, of the prophet in this in this religion, uh, 67th wife. And she escaped, had to change her name, go into like basically witness protect. And, and, and it was crazy. And, and she has a legacy where she wants to help other people be rescued now. And so, yes, she's not a multimillionaire, but she has a purpose that's important. Just like Mother Teresa wasn't a multimillionaire, but her purpose was absolutely worth having a legacy for. And so the goal is, what are these people who are focused on legacy, focused on multi-generational impact, What's their story? What are their habits, their mindsets, their behaviors? How do they behave and what do they think about that creates that type of lifestyle? Because my dream is that everybody who listens to this podcast, your podcast, my podcast, um, that everybody begins to think about what if I lived a life of meaning rather than a life of mediocrity? What if I started living my life the way I wanted to, living intentionally rather than living reactionary? Right? So many people, they live reactionary. If you don't believe it, just go look at the news right now. I mean, half the world is upset and it's not just America. I mean, I've got, my, I have a very diverse Facebook and Instagram and it's fascinating how opinionated the people in Europe and Africa and all these people, they're, they're super opinionated about who should be our president right now. They have their own opinion. They're like, this person's an idiot, this person's an idiot. And it's like, dude, the whole world is watching America and they can be watching you if you choose to build a legacy or they will never know your name. And, and do you want to build a legacy just so, for the clout and the, the notoriety? Or do you actually think, what if I could have an impact all over the world? Right. You know, I'd rather have just impact. think about that. And that's what I want to create is, is a belief and a mindset hearing from these people who are thinking that way. Think, okay, how can we adopt those habits, mindsets, and skills into our life? So I do, I do a section at the end of the podcast called Legacy on Rapid Fire where I just ask five questions. Hey, what's your greatest success? What's your greatest failure? Um, what's holding you back from reaching the next level of your legacy today? What's one book that you'd recommend? And what's your secret habit, mindset, or behavior that you think separates you from the rest and, and helps you succeed? 
And, and then the last question um, is, honestly, it's a surprise to a lot of my guests, but in six generations from now, if you were to come in and like be a fly on a wall to your great, 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 great grandchildren, they're sitting around a kitchen table discussing your life and what it meant to them and the world, what would you want them to be saying about you? And it is incredible the insight that you can gain from listening to these multimillionaires and people who are focused on their legacy answer that question with incredible clarity of what they want that conversation to be because they're planning that far in advance. It's, it's, it's absolutely inspiring to be able to interview these people. And then I get to grow um, every time I interview somebody, which is fantastic. That's great. That's great. Uh, speaking of rapid fire, we're going to have a rapid fire session right now oh, cool. um, while we're at it. Um, what would be your number one book besides your, I, and obviously I didn't mention this. You're also an author uh, of the fuel, fuel your legacy, the nine pillars to meaning to build a meaningful legacy book. So, but besides your book, what's your favorite, uh, whether it's business book or, you know, lifestyle book that helped mm-hmm. get you where you are today. There's probably three. And, and so, so you have to understand for me, I come from, I didn't start out in finance. I came from neuropsychology. And the reason I'm in finance is because I want to help people who, with, avoid divorce, manage anxiety, depression, suicide. Like I want to help people avoid these things. And I found that the best place to do that was in uh, by helping people understand how money works. Like lower, lower income households have more of those social issues than higher income households. And when the higher income households have them, then they, they have the resources to get the help that they need. And so uh, that, that's my mindset. So understanding that, I think the biggest impacts that somebody could have um, is one, uh, the book called The Four Tendencies. I don't know. There's, I'm going to give you three because I narrowing down to one. I, I see all of these as like a combination of like the best book ever written um, for me. And that is one, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. That deals with specifically how you interpret inner and outer expectation and how you react to them. So that is the best book I've found to set up clear boundaries um, for yourself and for others to make sure that you are, are operating in your wholeness without um, diminishing anybody else around you and being just understanding your personality. I, so I like that one. The other is the anatomy of peace by the Arbinger Institutes. That book, especially right now, it'd be great if everybody in the country uh, could read it probably in the world. It's all about how do you have a war um, and win a war, but completely stay motivated out of love, right? It's not that d- decisions don't have to happen, but and you don't have to have crucial conversations, hard conversations with spouses, kids, business partners. Like you got to have those things. But how can you approach the whole entire thing from a position of love and not um, – basically, you, you're not objectifying the other party right? You're still recognizing that they're a human. They've got wants, desires, kids, parents, like they're a human. How do we both negotiate this? So operating out of love. And then the last one is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it's the untethered soul. The untethered soul is again, phenomenal to help you really get inside yourself and realize what's important and what's not important, what's temporary and what's lasting a long time. And I think from perspective of creating a legacy, you've got to be able to separate yourself from all the temporary financial success or financial failure. Um, things that you have or things that you don't have, right? So this is where a lot of people get caught up. They see you, they see me and they say, oh, I want what Sam has rather than I want to become who Sam has become. And 
that separation, we've got to be able to separate that because uh, that's, a, I think, the key component to happiness is um, having proper expectations or no expectations at all and, and just allowing yourself to create because you love creating. That's great. Uh, rapid fire question number two. Um, do you have a mentor or coach yourself? Oh, man, many, many mentors. Yeah, so um, probably the most impactful mentor that I've had yeah, I would say the most impactful mentor um, has been a coach by the name of Travis Brady. He has a podcast called The Next Gen Coaching Chronicles, um, and he, he's been incredibly helpful to me as far as helping me move past things. I think I've made more money um, as a result of other coaches, but I would never made it in, without his help of getting my inner self right. Right. So I've learned tactics and strategies and stuff from other people. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you've heard of John Shin. John Shin is the creator of the Think and Grow Rich, the legacy movie. He was the executive producer. Um, he's wrote, he's the author of Think and Grow Rich, the Asian's Choice. Um, anyways, incredible man. I, and I paid him I, like 10 grand to go spend two hours with him, right? Um, and helped me transform certain aspects of my business. Um, but they're a lot more tactical where I feel like uh, Travis Brady has really changed my life from an internal perspective and my view of what can be possible. That's awesome. And you have a, anybody that you look up to, and it sounds like Travis is obviously one of them. Um, you're number one, that kind of a role model. What's your legacy, I guess, is more of the question. Yeah. So you say, what's my legacy? Well, what, what do you want your legacy to be? I'll ask yeah. you the same question. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Great question. Yeah. So as far as who I look up to, um, honestly, my mom and my dad are like, I'm the seventh of 11 kids and somehow we all survived. Um, I know there was rough times. There was poverty. There was abuse. There was a lot of crap that went on in our childhood. Um, but honestly, like my parents, they always, despite all the other things that went on, they always we're willing to believe in us and say, look, whatever you can accomplish, you can accomplish, right? And I'm here to support you. It doesn't matter if they're vehemently against it. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of a church that has people go out and sh teach the gospel for two years at a time. My, my mom is very much not just not in that, but anti that religion, okay? You, you could call her anti that religion. She really doesn't like what it stands for. And yet she's totally willing to help and support me and hear my experiences and love me because it's something that I love. And that trait, I think more parents could, could give to their children. We'd be in a different place in this world. So I can't speak more highly enough of that. And I would say that also is part of my legacy. Um, growing up because of the abuse, I actually, my way of protecting myself was to become the enforcer, become the abuser of my siblings so that I wouldn't get beat. And and what I learned was the impact that that had on my siblings was really negative and it destroyed a lot of their self-confidence. And so right now, if, my, if I could choose my legacy and what my legacy will be, um, it is that I believed in people enough that they could gain their own self-confidence and financial confidence to go live their dreams. So it's not about people living my dreams, but I just want to help people believe in themselves enough to go live their dreams. So that's, that's my only sole purpose and intention in life is to help you gain the confidence to go live your dreams, whether that's financial confidence, emotional confidence, confidence, relationship confidence. I mean, I doesn't matter. I talk on all different subjects. I have journals that I've written specifically targeted towards those different aspects um, that you can find on Amazon. 
right? I just love helping people see that they're worth it and that they have immense value that you couldn't put a dollar amount on. Awesome. How could people find you, Sam? Best way. Best way, honestly, probably samnickerbacher.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sam Knickerbocker. You can find me on Instagram, Sam Knickerbocker, Facebook, Sam Knickerbocker, um, all those places you can find me. But if you go onto my website, you can even Google me for that matter. If you Google Sam Knickerbocker, you'll see a Baptist preacher and you'll see me. Um, but almost, I, I don't know anybody who this doesn't happen for. You'll see my business pop up on Google as, as a Google business. So um, anybody will find me. You can actually schedule it. Uh, I'll give everybody on this uh, call, you know, a free half hour, hour of my time. Um, if you, if you're interested in having a discussion about anything, I like discussing. So, um, if I can help you great, if it's just a, a friendly conversation to have those as well, but you can schedule a time on Google, um, to, to meet with me. My phone number's there. Uh, I just try and be as open as I can for anybody. Excellent. Sam Knickerbocker. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, but we'll have links to Sam's website and social media platforms in the description on iTunes and also on all of our social media platforms. So you can reach out and uh, schedule that free call with Sam um, that he's given out to you guys. Um, I'm sure, you know, we all appreciate it and uh, hope to have you on again soon um, in the next year or so. Yeah. Love to. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Sam.